Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. In this week's episode, we will talk about Jim Harbaugh's comments regarding the 2020 college football season, the latest in basketball recruiting, including a new commit, and the latest in the college sports landscape in general. All that and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Aaron, Ryan, how you guys doing? Good. Ryan's actually my middle name, so I can think that's weird to me. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, your middle name's Ryan? It is, yeah. It You're is. Aaron Ryan McMahon. Why are we I just mean, hearing about this I now? I know. How that about is that? Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. There's a little bit of me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope I hope not. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. Ryan, your middle name not does not overlap with any of your fellow podcast members, does it? No, it does not. It starts with a C. All right. I'm not going to care to guess, but <laughs> bottom line is uh, we got we got a fair amount to talk about uh, today. Uh, give a shout out to my family driving back to New York after visiting. They've got a got a long drive that's underway. Perhaps they'll, they'll have a chance to listen to this at the at the tail end if we we get it turned around quickly enough. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with Jim Harbaugh's video press conference uh, yesterday, Wednesday. You know, in which he addressed a, a variety of topics he hadn't spoken you know with local reporters in a while he had done some just one-off one-on-one interviews but yeah what was uh what was i guess the the main takeaway or takeaways from his conversation with you guys yeah I mean, he was he was definitely making up for lost time we hadn't spoken like you said in Jan- i think since january he spoke to us for gosh right was that 35 minutes 40 minutes yeah about 35 40 minutes it's so it's the longest we've gotten him and I, I, I've been covering the team three years now. It might have been the longest he's talked, but it was wasn't a ton of news to come out of it, just because there isn't a much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but his comments certainly blew up afterwards, um, especially on the coronavirus and the team's preparations to return and all that stuff. Um, and I saw TMZ wrote about it. There's several blogs were they took tweets and from quotes and stuff and decided to run with it all without getting the whole thing. Um, but it was you know i guess illuminating i guess in some regards you know he kept he was asked several times about the ivy league voting on moving fall sports to the spring uh he wasn't biting on that because he he thought and he thinks that they can they can play football this fall um especially if if students do return to campus and that's the caveat here he he said this from the get-go he hasn't he hasn't changed you know if students aren't allowed on campus him and war manual both said that the the football is probably not going to happen but if they can get, you know, if they can get students back on, like that Michigan is planning to do, the University of Michigan, when I say Michigan, 
he feels like the student athletes would be safer under Michigan, the program's watch when it comes to the regular testing and the building mm-hmm. sanitation and the procedures they have in place. Uh, but his comments were certainly, uh, you know, they, they drew some headlines. You know, I guess I will I'll read the full comments, what he said. He was, at, again, he was asked about the Ivy League pushing football this spring. Um, and he had, he had this to say. He said, quote, it's a different conversation if there's no students on campus. If students are on campus, then my personal belief as, as a parent of a daughter who, who will also be on campus, and when, when he says that, he's referring to his daughter, Grace, who's on the Michigan water polo team, that this is a safe place, safe as possible to be within, within our university, our athletic buildings and complexes. You have the safety precautions that we have that we have that have been into place. I would feel good with the medical oversight for students and student athletes. I would want the responsibility. I would want the responsibility of keeping our players safe and also educating them. I would not want to come off the that guard tower of educating and keeping our players safe. That would be the, and then he says, and then he continues and he says, now, if it comes to a point where you, you would say that we can't play where it's obvious, it's clear, then everybody would want, everybody would be reasonable and know that that is the right thing to do. COVID is part of our society. It wasn't caused by football or caused by sports. There's no agreeing expert view right now that I'm aware of that sports is going to make that worse. It's part of our society. We're going to have to deal with it. Um, he, he continued on, but those that, that last part was what kind of drove the narrative coming out of that thing, especially the blogs and the sites and on social media. Um, but it was it certainly it certainly blew up afterwards. I yes. will say this: being on the call and, and listening to it, when when he was talking, I never would have envisioned any blow up on social media blow up to come of that at all because it, it, it kind of does make make sense I don't think he said anything outrageous there um, but yeah if if you just tweet out the uh, last part of the quote about um, COVID is part of our society and it wasn't caused by by sports I mean that could be taken out of context and, and people definitely were upset about that in, in some regards and created a little bit of a firestorm on Twitter but yeah, when you get the whole context, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, what college football coach wouldn't want to play football this fall? I mean, yes, he, I think Harbaugh has shown that he cares about the safety of his players, and I, I don't think he's been negligent in that regard at all. But, yeah, it was quite surprising to, to start seeing all, all the backlash uh, on Twitter from, from some of those comments. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely right. It's that COVID is part of our society. It wasn't caused by football or caused by sports. There's no agreeing expert view right now that I'm aware of that sports is going to make it worse. It's part of our society. We're going to have to deal with it. I think when you see that, knowing what other some other college football coaches have said about it, as far as, you know, just believe in it's going to go away, we're going to beat this and, you know, we're going to have football. That's that. It would be, you can make that assumption that that's where Harbaugh is going with it too, but but he wasn't. I mean, the bottom line is he was not. And, you know, our stories, uh, you know, Aaron's in particular that, that had this quote, um, you know, had, had the full thing and this came, you know, kind of put things in, in order because when you read the line just right before it, if it comes to a point in time when you say we can't play, then everybody would be reasonable and know that that is the right thing to do. Well, there you go. I mean, that kind of, kind of clears up the whole issue. And he kind of put the onus on him about keeping his players safe as well. I mean, He's not like, I mean, I think it was what might have been Mike Van Gunny that said a while back. He's like, oh, yeah, they're all 20, 21, 22-year-olds. If they get it, they'll be fine. I mean, he, Harbaugh is taking right. it seriously and, and is taking the responsibility to keep his players safe as well. He even went, went on to say about how, how uh, all the precautions that his players are taking, wearing masks in public, urging other people that are their age to, to be safe as well. So 
can't say that uh, Harbaugh has deserved criticism in the past, but I can't say that yesterday is was one of those times. No, I, I don't think he does. You know, and I think this is, and I had some Twitter fights with some folks. I, I would say fights, arguments with some people because I, I tweeted out the quote too in a spirited of, debates. Yeah, spirited with debates. of the story. You know, that's where Twitter I think um, lacked. It it, lim- it limits what you can post on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think anything posted on Twitter ever is in full context because it's such a short space to do that. And, and as I told some readers and, and Twitter users that were upset, because I tweeted the same thing, it wasn't right away when the press conference was happening, it was, it was afterwards. But if you tweet out everything Jim Harbaugh just said, where's the incentive to read the, re, either subscribe to the newspaper or read the story or subscribe? So it's, <laughs> it's, from a journalist standpoint, it's tough because yes, yes, that is one snippet of what he said, but he, he also said it and it's part of a larger story of, of, of a bigger topic. Um, so, you know, a lot of writers took, took it on the chin yesterday. Um, just for tweeting that that part of the quote out, um, but again, I, it's where I think I and I encourage people: you have to read the story. You, you can't just take something on Twitter and see a quote and take it at face value. You need to research and and read about the background and the, in, in the context to get the full thing. And that, that goes for everything on Twitter. It, it seems like anytime something is put out there and it goes viral, you know, there's always some people that have to come back and say, "Well, that isn't exactly how it went. And here's why." So it's. It's a learning lesson thing for all of us as journalists and as readers and as people people who are consuming news. You need to do a little bit more work, and then that's that's on me too. Maybe and us as, as writers, maybe we shouldn't have done that. It's it was an interesting topic. It was interesting to see it blow up because, like you said, Ryan, when he said it at first, I kind of tuned out. It, to me, it, from a news perspective, news value, I didn't. I, I, I took it as as Jim just kind of rambling. Um, yes. But when when, he, when when you read his comments, it, I mean, there's some there's some interesting takes there i think he 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 hit most of the right tones could he have worth some things differently perhaps but that's that's who we've learned jim harbaugh is i mean jim doesn't filter things through anyone he kind of says what's on his mind and how it comes out and that's and that's how it came out on, on one day yeah so we'll get back to some of the other comments uh he he made during that call but I think since since we're we're dissecting the one about COVID nineteen, um, there have been some developments in sort of the college sports world, uh, you know, at large since you know even since his his uh, you know press conference, and one of them is the Ivy League um, making the decision to push sports to the winter to twenty. 21. Yes. I mean, they're not doing anything until, until January. January um, 1st. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, which would include all your, your fall sports, including football, you know, as, as many have pointed out, including, you know, you, Aaron, and your, your text to the Wolverine confidential subscribers, you know, the Ivy league was the first, um, you know, to con- to cancel their, their postseason uh, basketball tournaments. And, you know, some thought it was premature. I can remember certainly some, some coaches and players, uh, you know, that I follow on, on social media with connections to that league, really criticizing it because they, they had already announced, you know, if there is an NCAA tournament, we're just sending our, you know, regular season champ. Oh, this is unfair to those other teams that were going to be in the hunt for, you know, a bid to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, you got to do this. Now, these, these other conferences are all playing theirs. Well, of course, none of the other conferences uh, that hadn't finished yet did. Uh, go on to complete their tournament. So, you know, they kind of looked like, you always think of the Ivy League as, you know, being the smartest ones in the room. And, and you know, they sort of looked that way as sort of trendsetters. That time, will it happen again? I mean, that I think that's a question a lot of people are asking. There are reasons to believe maybe, maybe not this time. But uh, yeah, what did you guys think about that news? 
I mean, I wasn't surprised. It, 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 obviously, the word kind of leaked out, I think, earlier this week that it was a possibility that they were considering it. Um, you you got to put things put things here in the context again, as we we're talking about context. The Ivy League, they're they're not a revenue generating league when it comes right. to sports. They typically lose money on things. I, I I would suspect most, if not all, the Ivy League schools don't make money on football. Right. So it, it is a different beast when it when it comes to the economics perspective. Mm-hmm. However, you know you got to be careful when it comes to health and, and everything else, right? In this situation, because yes, for Michigan to play football would be a would be important for the university and athletic department to, to, to bring in money, but you can't do it at the expense of expense of safety. And right now the Ivy league has said, you know, we're putting, we're putting safety above everything else. And at the very least, it, it's a good move. I mean, I, I think you always can come back and they can, they can play in the spring or they can cancel the season and come back again next year. Um, but I would not be surprised if you see some other leagues, whether it's division two, and you're starting to see other schools around the country that, that have put the stop to football. It hasn't hit Division One yet, um, but I suspect this is a first domino, and you're going to start seeing other leagues or teams decide to sit out this fall. The the biggest downfall with with moving it to the spring is is the short turnaround then from the 2021 spring season to the fall 2021 season as well. And I guess the Ivy League another major factor is yeah the Ivy League doesn't typically send many players to the NFL every year. Yep. You're talking about FBS Division One with the Oklahomas, the Ohio States, Alabamas. I mean, if, if a lot of those players aren't playing, then you're, it's not your traditional program. And I know the NFL isn't very keen on moving um, the, the season to, to the spring and, and then having the draft and then those players having a short turnaround before the rookie NFL season. So yeah. uh, I think it's a lot easier said to be done in the Ivy League than FBS Division One where you have these these top-tier guys that are going to be first-round, second-round draft picks. So, yeah, in, in theory, it might work for them a little bit more, but I don't know. I still think it, there's a, there's quite a few issues with with moving that, with moving football to the spring. At this point, there isn't really any good option. So, I mean, I, I'm sure administrators and, and conference administrators are listening to every option on the table right now. It's just – Day by day, it's seeming like there's fewer and fewer quality options at this point, but we'll see. Yeah, I think you guys were, were spot on. I mean, the health and safety should be at uh, of the student athletes should be, you know, at the forefront of every decision. But you're also you're, you're weighing other factors here. I mean, that, that that's just the truth of the matter. In the Ivy League, yeah, that, dis, that there's just less at stake because of the the money and yeah, the NFL draft not being as much as a, of a factor that. It, it just becomes easier to to make, you know, uh, what they felt was the right decision. It's going to be harder for some of these other conferences, the Big Ten included in Michigan, to come to that decision because they know what they're, you know, potentially forfeiting if they don't have a season. And they know, you know, the risks involved uh, with with just, you know, automatically pushing it to January. And let's be honest, no one knows for sure that you can just say, oh, by January one, we're we're going to be good to go. You know, it's not necessarily like that's some magical date for any reason. Right. Um, it's later. It's it's more in the future. It buys you more time. But um, yeah, you don't really know. It's looking. I don't know. I, I feel like this group here. We were we're getting less optimistic maybe as a group about yeah. about a college football season happening. I, I'd agree with that. I just told someone the other day, I'm, I'm more pessimistic as the time goes on. And I, I've spoken to some folks at some other universities, smaller universities in Michigan, that they're feeling more pessimistic too. They, 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 I had one person tell me, we all know what's coming. Um, and 
So it's, I think there's concern that football may not happen this fall. Um, I, I, I do think they're going to try, you know, there's going to be an attempt to where I think they're going to try and get out there for practice. Um, but as the days goes on, as the days go on, you're seeing more and more programs halt things. Ohio state on Wednesday night halted spring or voluntary workouts. They didn't, now they didn't disclose numbers. They haven't disclosed numbers of positive tests, um, but that's not a good sign. North Carolina has done the same thing. We've seen countless other schools do, do that as well. Um, so not every school and not every football program is in the same boat as Michigan. So it's going to come, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these leagues decide on because it, it, it's clear. And I was talking to someone about this the other day, there's been no clear leadership from the NCAA above about what to do here. It's they've right. kind of left it on the individual conferences and schools and States. So it's going to be a, hodgepodge of things depending on your region and how, how things are going within your, your university, your town and your state. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating next, next month, I'd say. Yeah. I think, I think even if there is a football season to be played in the fall, the likelihood of teams traveling cross country, like Michigan opening the season at Washington, Washington is becoming slimmer and slimmer by the day too. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that would make much sense at this point. Um, all conference schedules looking more and more likely. Uh, to maybe kind of regionalize things a little bit more and and maybe minimize risk a, a little bit more as well. So a um, lot still to be hashed out before any signs of uh, of a, a college football games being played. Speaking of the Washington game too, Jim Harbaugh was asked about that on Wednesday in the, in the press conference with with the media, and he typically while he's typically upbeat and comp and positive about these type of things, he basically gave a, he gave a no comment. He didn't want, he said he didn't want to say whether he thought they should play that game or not, or whether it's going to be played. Uh, so that, that, that to me, that's hand, that's kind of writing on the wall. Um, I reached out. In fact, I reached out to the university of Washington uh, earlier this week. I think uh, they're still not making the athletic director available uh, to talk about that game. But the further we go on, I, I think the less likely that game is going to be played. We should get an answer. I mean, Ward Manuel, Michigan Athletic Director, he didn't say definitively, you will have an answer, you know, on fall sports by a certain date. But when he spoke to us on June 18th, um, he did say, you know, he was he was hopeful that the decision would come towards the end of the month or early July. Um, you know, here we are, July 9th, uh, you know, with still with still no official official word. But uh yeah, obviously we'll just continue to monitor and wait and see, as we've been saying uh, for, for weeks now here. Yep, um, but there were other, you know, there were other comments from from Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, on his call. You know, what are the two or three most most important, or, or what's worth discussing from it, if anything? I think the, the big news item to come out of this thing was the, the update on his contract. You know, we've been talking about it now for a few months. I think I wrote about it back in February, March, before spring was supposed to get set, but. His contract is starting, it's ticking in the time on it. He's, uh, he's down to about 18 months left. It's to expire at the end of the 2021 season. I think three days after the final game, I believe, is the verbiage in, in the deal. He was asked about it. He, asked if there, he was asked if there's any progress toward an extension. Uh, and he had this to say. He said, quote, I, I think there's bigger fish to fry for our athletic director, for our administration. Me as a coach, it hasn't been on the top of the priority list. I would expect something to be an announcement at some time. In fact, I followed up and asked him if he had, in fact, had discussions with Ward Emanuel about a contract extension, and he said he said he had. Uh, they, I guess apparently they were talking back in February before the pandemic hit. 
uh, but nothing was moved at that point. Nothing happened at that point. And then the pandemic hits and Ward, as, as Harbaugh did say, has bigger fish to fry. He had sports to deal with that were getting canceled. They had a budget to try and prepare for. I think from a PR standpoint, when Michigan's facing a $26 million deficit next year, I don't think right now is a good time to be handing out truckloads of money to your head football coach again. Uh, so and and I, I Ward do, still needs a new contract too. That's yeah. That's the interesting <laughs> part of that. I, in fact, I went and looked yesterday just to double check his contract expires March. So he's set to expire before Jim. I suspect something will get done there first and then he'll work on Jim. But at the same token, um, you know, it, when, when it's rare where you see a football coach um, work on anything less than, you know, three to four years, especially if he's in the good graces with the administration and the university and everything else. And by all signs, Jim Harbaugh has loved at Michigan. Ward has talked, you know, great about him. He wants him to continue coaching here. In fact, he said he wants him to retire here. So there, I don't think there's any sign of Jim leaving unless he chooses to at some point. But you know, I would expect a deal to get done at some point. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to get done before the season begins. Um, but at the same token, don't be surprised if this drags out. I don't think it's necessarily a knock on Jim. It's more of a budgetary thing at this point. I mean, I got some I got some recruiting news to talk, but was there anything else, anything else from Harbaugh that you want to mention? Football wise, there there wasn't much to ask. And or Zook, you can chime in here. Obviously, he was asked about. I think you asked him about Jalen Mayfield, um, or maybe it was someone else. I don't remember. But Jalen Mayfield was at, he asked him about Jalen Mayfield. He, he talked him up. Obviously, um, he gave a kind of a rundown of what the the offensive line can look like. Quarterbacks, he said, he's interested to see what kind of shape they're in coming back. But there wasn't again. There wasn't a ton of football. Nothing really earth shattering football wise, no. to be honest. Yeah. He liked R.J. Moten, right? He was complimentary. Yeah, he, he was asked, like, fitness-wise and conditioning-wise, who stood out. And and uh, freshman safety R.J. Moten was the, the first guy that came to mind, said he was going on 52, 53-mile bike rides, um, burning, like, 3,100 calories uh, per bike ride and doing that a few times a week. And uh, R.J.'s a guy I got to know pretty pretty well last year, covered him at the uh, All-American Bowl in San Antonio. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's – his high school coach, when I talked with him last year too, I mean, you raved about his fitness, so that doesn't really surprise me. And the the other guy was Donovan Jeter, who hasn't really been praised that much for his uh, fitness and physicality in the past. I guess he's up to about 20, 25 pounds and, and moving really well. He's a defensive tackle um, entering, I think, his redshirt junior season now that just has not been able to break through and kind of remain in that defensive tackle rotation. So this will be a a big year for him if he can make that jump. No, I'd say I think it's do or die for for Donovan Jeter. I mean, he was he was a talk of last spring. I remember the coaches bringing him up and and some of his teammates raving about his play, but it, it never seemed to translate to the field come a fall. He did get reps and he was in rotation, but between injuries and just a lack of um, consistency, I, I think reliability, he just never got that regular playing time. So right now, Michigan needs reliable defensive tackle, especially in the middle, and, and he's really got to show up this fall. Again, presuming there's there's going to be a season. All right, yeah, we've got some uh, got some basketball recruiting news uh, this week. Michigan got its second basketball commitment for the 2021 class. Will Cheddar, Cheddar like the cheese, okay? T S C H E T T E R, Cheddar but it's it's Cheddar. I can yeah. see the student section having a lot of fun with that name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's you know an uh, interesting story. You know, very very small town in Minnesota and his family, you know, it lives on a, on a farm, you know, he's the pigs and the chickens and all that, um, you know, doing work on the field, but they also have, you know, a full court basketball court outdoors, um, you know, that he, I guess he's 
one of his assistant high school coaches was telling me he made like 20,000 threes in like the first month of quarantine. It was some absurd number that I didn't even put in the story because when I started doing the math and I was like, I'm just, this just seems too high of a number, but uh, bottom line, you know, really good outside shooter, you know, as the quarterback for his uh, football team at six foot eight, you know, I was trying to think, I was like, geez, uh, who's the, the Denver uh, Brock Osweiler, um, like who who are the quarterbacks like in NFL history that have been like that tall? But um, yeah. Now, did you ask the most important question? Is he a hockey player? Uh, that you know, being just because of the Minnesota part of it, just because that, of the Minnesota yeah. part. Of it, yeah. No, that hockey was oh. never mentioned by anyone, so I don't Man. think hockey is part of his deal. That'd be really tall for a hockey player too. Yeah, it's hockey player. No, I no. It, uh, yeah. All right. I played with right. a few six, 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 seven, six, eight guys on skates. Maybe that's on uh, skates. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you know, really good student, and yeah, just didn't have a ton of uh, interest from Division One, you know, programs, especially the high major ones, up until somewhat recently. Couldn't take, you know, you can't take visits right now. So what did he do? Got in the car with his parents and just drove to Ann Arbor and looked around himself, uh, and that kind of sealed sealed the deal for him last weekend. Uh, so he's now part of the class, ranked number one forty nine. Um, but you know, it seems to be a high riser in that regard. He might not have even been ranked you know, kind of earlier this year. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the second commit for 2021 and they could be getting a third, uh, tomorrow, Kobe Bufkin shooting guard here in Michigan, Grand Rapids Christian, um, seems to be a heavy Michigan lean. He's, he's ranked the 24 seven composite, which is, you know, again, a composite of like ratings from, from across the internet has him at 78 in the class overall and the third best in the state of Michigan, but it's a real tight race with a few other players. For example, another reputable site rivals has him as the best player in Michigan. So he's up there, you know, six foot four shooting guard, left-hander. Yeah. You know, Michigan is, uh, Michigan is, is seems to be the potential landing spot for him. He, he will announce on Friday, Michigan is in his, his top five. So it'll be, uh, be interesting to see if they start. Could start. be a busy, busy day for Michigan recruiting. Michigan football is also likely to get a, a commitment from a, a speedy four-star wide receiver, Xavier Worthy, as well. Which I mean, just watching his film, I he's an electrifying player, an exciting player. So uh, I think that would be a, a huge commitment for for Michigan, considering he was supposed to announce a couple weeks ago, and and every all the experts, the high school recruiting experts. Had him paid going to Oregon, and now all the crystal balls are have him leaning towards Michigan. So maybe he might pull another change up into mid elsewhere, but it's looking pretty good for Michigan right now. Okay, yeah. So yeah. that uh, yeah, look for stories on 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 these players one way or the other on mlive.com slash Wolverines. Got anything else for for the people out there? So no. you want to brag about the seventies you've been uh, shooting on the golf course, tearing up hey, these? I don't want to jinx it, so. I, I, was very I, I will say in a, in a golf trip with a, a lot of M livers, I was on the winning team and definitely helped contribute to the W a humble brag. Oh, there. Lord, it <laughs> off. It it off. I just, I just got, uh, I just got my two woods uh, regripped. So watch out for me uh, this summer. All right. Yeah. Open up the wallet. Let's go. The guy who did it said that the grips cost more than the clubs themselves. Uh, and my eyes kind of widened because I was like, wait, this is more expensive than I thought. He goes, oh, no, no, no. It's only $10 per club. I was like, oh, 
He's saying that the clubs were I should worse. probably get some new clubs then and some new woods. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that was, was that was the takeaway, but no. Gotta stick with my two and four. Uh, all right. Well that's about it for this issue then. This episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thanks for listening.